Who wants to go anywhere? Me, me. This is Corey, and this is the Oh The Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 332 of the Oh The Anthem podcast. I have a quote for you today, too. Some men are some men are meant to go to Mars. Some are meant to stay at home, even from the grocery store. <laughs> it's that basically. Uh, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, we are coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcast of choice. The easiest, the best way to do it, anchor.fm forward slash anthem. You listen on Apple, go there, find it on Apple. You listen on Spotify, go there, you find it on Spotify. It's the easiest way to get to the podcasting glory that you wish. Uh, it's at anchor.fm forward slash anthem. Yep, and of course you can find us uh, during the week on all your social media, at anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, the videos, both the episodes, and everything else is available on YouTube. You can also find both Corey and I on our personal stuff. And I want to welcome friend of the show, Roberto, to the wonderful world of TikTok. Now, I did have to set it up to, for him, but uh, much like a good father anywhere in the world, I was happy to do so. Uh, you know, I basically have to hold his hand through all of this stuff in the world. So I was, I was happy I, to. I can't imagine the good father of daughters are setting up their TikToks for them, but I mean... Uh I mean, that depends. Uh, I, as a father of daughters, uh, would not want to do that. But I, as a teenage boy who was hated mainly by fathers of daughters, uh, yeah, sure. I bet Kellyanne Conway is really upset about setting up her daughter's TikTok account now. <laughs> Probably so. Probably not real happy about it. And I was going to say, speaking of Roberto, let's jump into that four-year consideration splat. Uh, Oh, wait, that's right. Uh, hold on, hold okay, on. First right. off, first off, I, I, wa I wanted to start somewhere else real quick. Oh, all right, that's right. Uh, so last week, uh, we talked about the NRA, and we uh, talked about their marketing company, which is sort of funding everything that's going on. And uh, me, like a big dum-dum, because I have ADHD, and sometimes I get the wrong thing stuck in my head, and I keep saying it out loud over and over again, said Alexander McQueen every single time instead of Ackerman McQueen, which is the actual name of the agency. And you could tell that I realized I was doing something wrong because somewhere during our conversation, I like postulated. I was just like, isn't there a fashion brand called Alexander McQueen? And I was like, no, it can't be. But yes, there but is. Yes, there is. Because in my brain, I said to myself, don't ever say Alexander McQueen. It was the same thing that uh, people used to do with the... Uh, when uh, Barack Obama came on the scene. It's like, yeah. don't call him Osama. Don't, don't call him Osama. Osama. Don't call him Osama. Just because it was so close, and you would talk about the two in conversations. Yeah. Like, you know, like, is Obama ever going to catch Osama? Yeah. You would not want to, you know, change that around. Interspersing yeah. that is a whole different conversation. But I, I, I feel like this is important, not just because I, I think it's important that people apologize when they get things wrong, but I, I think that if we are positioning ourselves in a place where we're calling balls or strikes uh to an extent yeah that we also owe it to people when we when we do wrong mm -hmm. and uh I, I i i don't want to people to think that you know that just went up and <laughs> it wasn't like aware to me it was like one of those as soon as we got done recording and then i was like editing it and i was just like fuck i said alexander mcqueen i hope i didn't do that again and then that <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, if I ever do make a mistake, I will be sure <laughs> to come on and apologize about it. Uh, I do, I was do I need to go combing through the archives? <laughs> I was reminded, uh, probably back around episode 100, I put out the, uh, the call. Much like Conan O'Brien had done around the time, which I think is my inspiration for that. Mm. They're like, if you could find I was incorrect about anything that I argued, <laughs> yeah. I would pay you $100. And we had nary a taker. 
for that. So, uh, yeah, I just assume I've never gotten anything wrong. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> I'm excited for the comments on this episode. <laughs> uh, but, yes, I, 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 in fact, am a dumb-dumb from time to time, and I make mistakes and uh, would like to uh, apologize to the good people at Alexander McQueen for <laughs> implicating them. With the NRA? I mean, uh, I think at the, at the very least, throughout the entire episode, we said allegedly. So. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just like to think somebody from there is listening, and they're like, all right, so we only have a little bit of our marketing budget yet. How are we going to overcome this ODM? <laughs> Smear campaign that Corey the Corey Baker has put on us. Well, I mean, all all the top celebrities have already gathered behind us and said we're not we're not supporting Alexander McQueen anymore. So, I mean, I, I feel like we've already done some damage, but hopefully this will this will make up for it. You yes. Know, like, you can can get all the big wigs back in back in under the stable now. That, also, you know, now that we know that Alexander McQueen's not canceled. Unlike um, uh, uh, the NRA, we have no money for clothes, and Corey has become a bit of an aficionado recently. So, if you'd like to send clothes this our way, if the if the apology did it for you, I, I you know I our I, message can become very positive. I wear about. seventeen and a half, and <laughs> all right, we can I don't be know very if you pro. cut slim, but I mean, like, I, I need a I, I need I'm, I'm a little bit more of an ample gentleman, so perhaps. Uh, uh, if you have something in the big boy collection, then <laughs> not just like you have a section of big boy, just like if you have like an Alexander McQueen that happens inside of like a Bob's big boy. Yeah, you would really like that one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, it, Corey's got some weird dimensions, but if you're working on a, a Husky jun- Juniors line, he'd be the perfect model for that. It'd be if you're great. looking for short and fat, which is exactly what every single fashion brand is looking for, then... Right here, I, I will happily, I will happily, uh, an apology done. One of your, one of your fine fabrics. Yeah, and and again, like I said, uh, <laughs> we will become very pro Alexander McQueen very quickly. <laughs> uh, you'll see me wearing a black Alexander McQueen T-shirt, which costs about as much as every T-shirt that I currently own. Probably, I can only imagine. All put together. All put together. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I own ten, maybe ten black T-shirts at this point. I imagine so. it's more. I imagine you're 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 underselling the. Well, listen, I got ten work. I mean, it's black a very t-shirts. reputable brand up until the moment that we slandered it last <laughs> week. So, I have ten black work T-shirts. Yeah, I have five or six black at home t-shirts but i wouldn't really wear them out yeah I have two or three gym black well, i was t-shirts. just wearing my my wearing around the house oreo shirt it's right. a little yeah. tattered it's not quite the difference is mine are all just solid black only <laughs> i know the difference between the work shirts and when they're hung incorrectly in the closet it causes me pain because i pick out my work side and i'm like this is clearly not a work <laughs> shirt this is a around the house shirt can you How tell by the shade of black that this <laughs> this is a house shirt uh, it actually does have something to do with the, the shade. I'm sure it How does. How many times I'm it's sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it does. How black it is. All right. But yes, so, for your consideration, yeah, let's let me get, get into that, it. Well, let me get that splash together. Hang yeah. on one sec, Corey. Let me grab that Wait, splash. Roberto, I, do you want to do it live? Is that, I, I, is that possible? Well, I know. He's uh, deep in the world of Red Dead Redemption. And yeah. when I say that, what I mean is he's watching videos on YouTube and then doing what they do, <laughs> which is apparently how millennials play video games. Who knew? I told him he should put that on his new TikTok account, but... There's already a TikTok account that he's watching to get the clues how to play, and I don't feel like that, he doesn't want he doesn't want to take their content wholesale and just put it out. It's too meta. It's it's watch <laughs> me play Red Dead while watching a TikTok, watching them play Red Dead. It's just right. too much. It's too much. So, but yeah, uh, there's one really big story this week for uh, for for your consideration, and that is of course the undoing of Hollywood. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's certainly a important day. 
I, I think we can say that with with some uh, uh, positive or with some some certainty because the Paramount decree was uh, something we discussed a couple weeks back. We we I reposted a bit of it in the pre-show if you caught that, but By it like, was uh, just I interrupt, a couple of weeks. Uh, episode two ninety three would have been. 30 episodes ago which is about this time last year so. yeah time has no meaning it's all <laughs> it's all an illusion in my mind you yeah. know like much like you know like trump going on fox and saying like you know i'm trying to i'm literally I'm trying, trying to, to <laughs> stop the mail uh which felt like it happened a year and a half ago like i don't know when things happen i'm just <laughs> i'm speculating uh but yes yeah, so that happened about half a year ago we, yeah. we first started talking about how this was in the works and uh, now it's official. A judge has overturned the Paramount decrees, and we are in this brave new world where uh, the studios can now not only make the product, but own the means to distribute the product. Uh, and we don't know exactly what that means yet, but what it eventually will probably mean is that Disney, Universal, other brands like this, Netflix has already sort of done this with the uh, Egyptian in Hollywood and the Paris in New York. We're going to buy theaters to make them part of the extended uh, universe of how you can enjoy a Disney film or a Universal film or a Netflix film. And it, it's uh, probably going to change the ways in which we go to the movies. That's that To me, that's the biggest thing. Is that uh, So there was already a, an article that came out this week about Alamo Drafthouse, and I've heard similar things with like Regal and Al or in uh, AMC and different parts of the country, where you can basically reserve a whole theater for yourself and, you know, up to ten people or something like that for a very low cost. Basically, you know, the price of fifteen tickets or ten tickets. You, you, have, to, you have to buy them up front. If your friends don't if don't show up on you, well, you're yeah. stuck with the bag. I so. mean, listen, the, there's some times where I would consider paying $150 just to have the empty theater all by myself. Not to <laughs> I was going to say, this is what we call the Corey package, where it's like <laughs> affordable for the whole theater. Ooh, I'll do it. It's fine. Yes, I'll do it. When it's not Corona anymore, it's like $1,000, and I'm just like, well, I really want to see Tenet. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Corey shows up, and they're like, all right, sir, we have you here. Where's the rest of your party? He's like, no. Nope, just me. Just me. Uh, yeah, you re you reserved uh, enough. Uh, you reserved it for your birthday. It's like, yep, yep. just me. <laughs> just this is how I help myself. This is. Uh, we've got everyone else is having a party bag at home. I'm here. <laughs> we've got chicken fingers for ten. Won't be a problem. <laughs> just keep them coming. It's fine. You have the honey mustard, correct? <laughs> I specifically asked for honey mustard. Uh, no, I mean I specifically asked for honey mustard. <laughs> I what I don't imagine we'll see uh, unless things go really sideways for the distribution or from the theater companies is uh we probably will not see disney buy amc whole cloth or you know like universal by regal or anything like that uh, what i imagine we'll see more of is single theaters being purchased here and there uh around the country so uh take for instance like uh there's a amc in universal city walk here in la uh, that one seems like a prime target to be sold to Universal. Yeah. To be a Universal theater. And I mean, like, right now as it is, it says, like, Universal City Walk on the outside of the theater. Oh, is that it's like Universal City small Walk? Small little AMC, AMC branded. Theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Downtown Disney has an AMC theater, both in LA and Orlando. Again, that's a prime, like, buy that. And then it can be your branded theater. Right. Um, and there are three AMCs within walking distance of each other in Burbank. And yeah. it feels like that's a, they're also very near the Warner Brothers lot, the Sony, or maybe the Fox lot. No, 
Disney lot now. Yeah. It was the Fox lot. And that seems No, Fox fine. was on West Side. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's the Sony lot. Sony and Warner Brothers are in Burbank. Yeah. Disney and, and Warner Brothers. Okay. Disney and Warner Brothers. <laughs> it just seems prime that you could you could go to them and be like, hey, we got three properties here. Would you like eight screens? Twelve? Sixteen? I got three. What would you yeah. like? And then you just keep the other two and operate the other two. But uh, you made an interesting point in, our, in the uh, discussion before the show, which was essentially just they're going to have to learn how to run lean, especially when we reopen for a while. Yeah. They, they use debt service to make the theaters how we like them now with recliners and the separate seats and everything. And we weren't expecting this. And now selling off prime property like the downtown Disney, uh, AMC theater, Mm. which by the way, you could probably name your price and Disney would just be like, we want it. What is it going to take for us to get this? You could fund, you know, a portion of your Florida operations with what yeah. you're going to sell that theater for. And then, all right. So well, I mean like, uh, so why I wouldn't imagine that happens right away no, is no, because no. there's a, uh, uh, you know, D- Disney is not doing fantastic money wise. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's they Disney. made several yeah. billion dollars this quarter, <laughs> but they didn't make as many billions of dollars as they thought they were this quarter. It's the reason so, uh, Avengers and, uh, or no, not Avengers, uh, uh, the, the DC version. Um, Justice League Justice League was yeah. a flop made 1.3 billion dollars but it's a flop because <laughs> they spent nearly a billion promoting it and making it so it made 300 million and you're like yeah it's 300 no we were expecting yeah we need a billion dollars we needed this to be three fast and the furious movies yeah. put together so yeah. uh, you failed <laughs> <laughs> what high stakes <laughs> We were talking about Shonda Rhimes the other day and how it's just like I'm one loss away from being out of this town it's like, yeah <laughs> For, for executives, you might actually do that. You make a big bet, billion-dollar bet. And well, I mean, like, look at Josh Trank. Like, you know, he, he – uh, yeah. not to not to criticize him or anything like that, but, you know, he, he certainly had everything in front of him, and then he sort of blew it, and now it's just like, who? <laughs> so, But, but I he, don't think Shonda would come out and be like, this movie's a piece of garbage. <laughs> you shouldn't go see it. <laughs> This television show I worked on with ABC is fucking awful. You should not go. You should not watch it. Avoid it at all costs. Yeah, that's the uh, that's what I would call like maybe the Corey Baker method. I almost (laughs) can imagine you having been questioned by the studio so much that you just go out and say, "Uh, I don't I don't support this movie. Uh, This is nothing of my artistic vision. I uh, much like everything in Hollywood. I think of it in entourage terms and I think of uh, when uh, Queens Boulevard was being sold and they did the like colorization. Yeah. And it's just like the fuck capitalism. I was going to say, what is the director's name for Montreal? Billy Walsh. That is you 100%. (laughs) Meanwhile, I seeing the poster being like, oh, they're fucking ruining it. I sell a movie and then it, the, what the Hollywood reporter will read Robert cheek unavailable for comment because I'm going to be counting dollar bills on a beach somewhere. Very warm and very private. So you're going to be counting all 20,000 of your bills from re- the red box movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I can live poor. You have no idea. Uh, it's uh, it's the matrix, right? We've calculated. There are levels of survival. We are willing to accept. <clears throat> that is absolutely me Buy my movie red box. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, one thing that I, I am very worried about, though, with the Paramount Decree coming up here is that I'm concerned that the sort of uh, 
age of sim, uh, synergy that we were going through before and like the 80s to 90s. Rob's laughing because he <laughs> heard me butcher that word 18 different ways before we started. You mean the uh, synergization? Yes. Is that exactly. what you're talking about? Yeah. It, it, exactly the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we, uh, it, it led to a lot of movies that were all kind of like, we can't make just one of them. Everything's got to be sequels. Everything's got to be a property. Uh, obviously that thing, that ideal hasn't gone away, but in a almost reaction to that, we got sort of the rise of the independent movie and the independent theater and the, uh, the backyard indie and everything like that. And it was able to propel huge voices that are important filmmakers in this day and age to the forefront in a way that Hollywood never had a, had an opportunity to do before. And we would never have a Jay and silent Bob reboot. Well, without this period, we we wouldn't have a Quentin Tarantino (laughs) without this period or a Spike (laughs) Lee perhaps without this period. Uh, But you know, like uh, we can, we can debate how much we needed. (laughs) Listen, I love Kev, but I'm saying like, we could debate how much we needed Jane, Silent Bob. Listen, somebody at some point's got to tell you, Quentin, cut it down. It doesn't need to be three hours. And somebody needs to tell Kev, Kev, hire somebody who's not a friend of yours for a movie. Honestly, let's Quinn, do it. Why can't this movie be Jane, Silent Bob? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, like, there's Leo, there's Brad Pitt. I think people are a little bit tired of it. Why isn't Jane, Silent Bob in this movie? I feel like there's some good synergy here if we just bring you and Kev together. He'll write it. You direct it. You pick uh, everybody starring. <laughs> Kevin Smith just like hitting Jay Muse, going like, "Now, now, don't snoochie boochies in front of the Mexicans." <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know why that just hit me. It tickled. It tickled <laughs> something inside me. I just can't explain it. I don't know. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, I just, it's I'm, gonna, the it's memes gonna, to come out of that. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm seeing the Leo meme from Django everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I'm just imagining the that Trump moment. Era. <laughs> imagining that moment. Right. <laughs> you need a minute. So here's the thing. Hold on. Let me mute out Rob. So you can, <laughs> uh, the, the thing about this is I, I worry a lot about where the next generation of filmmakers is coming from here because uh, right now the desire is to have a property and own it and to never let it go. So, you know, for instance, Netflix gets BoJack Horseman and they own that forever and they never have to worry about paying for any kind of licenses or anything like that to, to keep airing it. They don't have to worry about it becoming a bidding war like, you know, the Friends back catalog or The Office or The West Wing or any of the o- yeah. these other shows that uh, in the olden days would have been a a cash cow for syndication. But ABC kicking itself because it didn't air The Office. ABC Studios shot it and then it went to NBC well, to and, air and then... And I yeah. mean, like, you know, in the days of USV Paramount where the, the movie studios were concerned about overstepping, yeah. there was a lot of... We should produce things and we can buy things and we can buy the things that we produce. But, you know, if there's not a home for it in one of the Warner Brother properties for this specific show, then we'll sell it to somebody who it makes sense for. Like now there's more of a I hear more executives talking about like how their network isn't necessarily the thing that it used to be anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh, Oxygen isn't just the channel for women. It's a channel for any show that we can get that's really good. Like. Mm -hmm. 
oxygen <laughs> maybe this isn't the great specific example but like it's one of those like if oxygen could get breaking bad right now oh they would take they'd it. figure out a way to make it work yeah they'd just be like you know the 23 hours a day most of the week we have the, these great women content but we also have breaking bad so <laughs> come see i also feel like somebody like, somebody lean on vince and be like vince listen um Female protagonist, female <laughs> protagonist. Like, yeah. What if it's a female teacher and a female who is uh, Jesse Pinkman? Yeah. Um, and, oh, Jesse. <laughs> Can Skylar be the lead of this thing? No, no. I just keep it exactly how it is. Yeah, <laughs> Skylar is the teacher and and yeah. uh, and Jesse has an eye. And now you got a show for Oxygen and we're right here. There we are. We're going to fund it. And now it's empowering. That a woman who can't afford her cancer treatment is going to go make drugs. I mean, isn't this basically weeds now at this point? Oh, damn. We just designed weeds. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> There's you no original ideas in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I reposted that picture from three years ago when we arrived here, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, it was when we came out to look at the uh, apartments, apartments yeah. I think. It's a garbage can with Hollywood on it. And Corey had posted it to Snapchat with like, this is it. Whole district right here. <laughs> Uh, but it, I right now, much like we discussed with uh, uh, fuck, um, god damn it, uh, the internet, Netflix, no, um, phones, no, the end of god damn it, we talked about it like every single week for fucking six months. Uh, internet. Uh, Why can't I think of the name of the term I'm looking for? Fuck me. Anywho. Uh, internet freedom. It, it's the the uh, the restrictions on the internet. That's what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Net neutrality. Yeah, there we Fuck, go. There it was. Mm. Grabbed it out of the recesses. Uh, much like we discussed with net neutrality, once it was overturned, don't expect something to happen right away. Nothing has happened really since we talked about that. There have been a couple good things for consumers where like, oh hey, you have Verizon, so you also get Apple Music for this long for free, yeah. or you know, you have T-Mobile, so you get Netflix on us and all that sort of stuff, which is. Only looking good for the consumers right now, oh, but AT&T, it's going to take HBO a little Max. bit of time. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to take a little bit of time before the problems of this start to develop. Oh yeah, this is going to be a similar thing with the Paramount decree, where it's going to start with Disney buys ten theaters and ten big media markets, or Netflix buys another couple theaters, and it seems like oh, we still have AMC, we still have Regal, we still have Cinemark, we also have this Disney theater in town now. We also have a Universal one in town. Yeah. It's the old AMC that we never went to, but now that it's a Disney theater, we're going. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's there's a uh, it's going to feel very good for the consumer for a while. But I, I worry that there is a there's a step like five to ten years from now where we look back and say, like, oh, when when the Paramount dis- decree was completely gone and we knew that it was no longer around, that's when things started changing here. And yeah. that's where we feel like we're not getting that influx of new voices that we used to. And I mean, like, it's not that we're not going to hire new people to have Netflix shows or anything like that. It's just that the barrier to get from unknown director, screenwriter, actor is going to be a lot more difficult because you're going to have to go through some sort of gatekeeper system, which is what has hurt Hollywood throughout the years in various different means. And I, I think the the eventuality of that also is that if you want to take your kids to watch a Disney film, eventually I can see it only being available at the Disney theater. And their argument will be not only that Paramount's decision is gone or the Paramount decree is gone, but 
hey, we were going to send this straight to our Disney Plus platform, which you'd have to pay for anyway. Mm -hmm. But instead, we're going to release it in a theater where you can go have the theater experience on a movie you would never had a theater experience for. What? In one of the few theaters that is exempt from Paramount, USV right. Paramount, yeah. uh, the El Capitan in Hollywood is is a Disney theater. It only shows Disney movies. Yeah. And if you go there, they'll have big events like Beauty and the Beast opens this week. And it opens everywhere else. You could see it in any other theater yep. across the country. But if you see it at the El Capitan, there's going to be a special Swarovski uh, Crystal light show beforehand. And there's outfits from the movie. The costumes and, are out in the lobby. Yeah. The and night. like, you know, the, you can buy special popcorn tins that have Beauty and the Beast on them and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's all part of this... Uh, uh, once you step inside the doors of the building, you feel that warm embrace of Disney that you're used to. Yeah. You know, like what it feels like to be at a Disney property or a Disney store. Like, I was gonna it say, has it's, a very specific feel to it. It's the park. You're going into a park, yeah. a mini version of the park. And they're going to they're gonna try and extend the alchemy that is a business relationship between them and the consumer in different ways inside of a theater, which will sound, you know, that part will probably be good for a while, but just we're, we're, we're go it's going to hurt people who are trying to do something that's a little bit different, you know, and do something that's a little bit off the the beaten path. Independent movies, which are currently selling at Sundance right now, yeah. will still get bought by Netflix. Like, you know, if you if you were Palm Springs, you're still getting bought. Yeah, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Somebody will get it, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, the the concern is, you know, like, if you don't get it, like, there's, there's so much more. It adds more to the lottery ticket aspect of, like, uh, trying to sell your movie now yeah. because... What do you do if you're me? If I don't get a, you know, my movie is in the can. You don't, I, I don't get the offers from Disney and Paramount and Universal and everywhere else. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it goes quiet. You know, I could put it up on Apple and have people, you know, buy it off Apple or stream it off Apple. Yeah. Or I could put it on Amazon and maybe get $100,000 if it's a really successful. Put it on YouTube. Run ads during it. <laughs> I mean, you, you could, but, yeah. you know, the, the chance of making back your investment are much lower at that point because you don't even have the opportunity to necessarily have the same independent uh, uh, studios that are going to be able to compete in the same way. Yeah. It, it's going to make it harder for an A24 to compete with Disney when they have the option of pricing you out of the market essentially like yeah you know if you're in a if you're in a place that if bismarck only has three theaters and two of them are amc and one of them is disney and the other one used to be a place where they play the the disney one used to be the independent theater in town yeah. you're missing out on the independent movie like you know they're, they're, they'll still survive they'll still be a media, major media markets but it just will not be as available well and i was going to say that the impact is less on us here in la it was mm -hmm. honestly less of, than us in Baltimore because the Charles will probably always be the Charles yeah. and there will always be a place to go. But Bismarck, maybe even Bismarck because it's like a city-ish, but you might get to the point where you have to drive an hour and a half to Bismarck because it's the only independent theater in North Dakota. But I was in I was in like Casper, Wyoming, right? Yeah. And there's one theater. Yep. And one theater for quite a while. So yep. if you wanted to go see a movie and you live somewhere in the area of Casper, it's one theater with go four to screens. Yeah. Yep. So right now you're already limited to what are the four most important movies of the moment that will be playing at that Casper movie theater. But if it's a universal theater now, it's you the might universal not see movies. Anything. And yeah. then what do you do if Disney wants to play the, your their movie and your you know you, if you buy a twenty screen multiplex? Yeah, like Disney can't fill it with twenty Disney movies. Yep. I mean they could, but it wouldn't be as successful as if they had Fast and the Furious on one of those screens. Right. So like, what do you do then? Are you paying you know because right now we're going through the same thing. 
with some of the streaming companies because uh, specifically Amazon and Roku are charging more for people like HBO Max and Peacock to have a channel on their platforms. And, and they the have reason, their own content. So. The reason why they're doing it is because they're the major player in the yeah. in the, the space. And if you can't pony up for the price that they're asking for, then you just don't get out to most Americans. Yeah. Like, I only have Roku. I only have Amazon. I have no... I could, you know, get it on my internet service and then Chromecast it to the screen. But that feels like, why would I do that? You know, and that is a... That, I'm somebody who's connected. I know how to do all this stuff. And it's yeah. too much of a step for me My to, parents... Forget about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it. you know, I, if I'm connected and I don't want to do it, then it's somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing is going to have no idea how to get to HBO Max, you know? Yeah, I'm going to have to go home and set up a button where when you push it, all those steps are run on IFTTT, yeah. so it all connects. <laughs> like, just push the big red button. That's how we gonna get, we're going to get it on. Pull it up on your computer and press the big red button, and then you'll be good <laughs> to go. But I also said, you know, I, we've seen this happen before. In the 80s, in our lifetime, in the 80s, Ma Bell was broken up, and the phone companies got broken up. And in 1990, there was probably 100 different phone companies. And, of course, now home phone service is not the thing. But essentially, the first cell phone companies were also home phone companies. That's how it worked. Yeah. And we went from 100, maybe over 100 in 1990, right back to three now. Now, essentially, you have T-Mobile Sprint, AT&T again, mm-hmm. and uh, Verizon. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I, I look at my bill every month, and I remember I, I pay a lot for my bill. But I also have truly unlimited unfiltered you can't slow me down everything's right, the grandfather plan uh, i can get unlimited texts unlimited picture messages unlimited data and enough call minutes to generally get me through the month yeah i go back to when i got that plan 20 years ago which again was only 10 years after the breakup and verizon was trying to compete against a lot of people in the field right and for 70 dollars, i want to say it was the first bill Unlimited data, because nobody was using it anyway. Yeah. I got uh, unlimited. What, are you going to open up the mobile NBA site, which was like just like a listing of the standings? And All then- the standings. <laughs> I could go on Facebook on my phone, which I thought was amazing at yeah. the time, and nobody thought it was amazing. And now you're all on Facebook on your phone, so screw you. But uh, I remember, I remember uh, when Twitter launched. Yeah. You could get onto it on your phone, but it was such a nightmare to like wait for it to load. Yep. Because it took so long well, that also, like they, the when when I was first tweeting, I was tweeting through text. I was going to say you couldn't tweet from the platform. You right. texted your tweet, and then it popped up in your account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, like the, the to people who think Twitter is like the new <laughs> the new guard. We've been around. Like, We've been around. <laughs> we know. We know what it was like back then. Texting eight nine four two three and being like, "Boy, the Orioles sure suck today." <laughs> It's just like tweeting into the void. By the way, going back to the day. Pooping now. When you were putting it in first person yeah. on Twitter. And oh, thinking, no, no, on Facebook. Well, on Facebook, Every too. once in a while, I get one of those, like, you Reminders? You put this on Facebook 15 years ago, and it's just like, I, or like, it, is, would, it would always be like Corey Baker, and then it was like, so I write like some tweet, like, is really upset right now at the moment, and I'm just like, what awful grammar, and then I'm just like, oh, right. First person. Writing yeah. everything as Corey Baker is. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> which was also a mistake for, on Facebook's for part. Seventy it's bucks. It's amazing they survived. <laughs> for seventy bucks, I had unlimited data, unlimited text, but more importantly, unlimited calling. Yeah, twenty-four hours a day. Which, again, you young kids don't understand. There was a time when it was like, call me after nine, and you hang up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give you ten seconds because if it's less than like seven seconds, it doesn't even count as a call. So I just got to get on. Call me after nine. That's it. And yeah. uh, come pick me up at the, the old uh, collect call. You call yeah, your yeah, parents, yeah. pick me up at the mall. <laughs> uh, the new one was pick me up. We're ready to go and hang up and try to keep it under seven seconds. But 
that was 70 bucks. And yeah. now I pay over a hundred for unlimited data, unlimited text, but very limited talk time. I just, I also just don't talk very much. So right. that's good. Um, and the price is way higher and some of that's inflation, but some of that is there are three companies. Yeah. So, Go, go ahead, go to AT&T because, you know, you're going to lose your truly unlimited and get their unlimited plan and it'll be cheaper, kind of. Well, I mean, the problem is, and, you know, this this circles around to, you know, where we are with the Paramount Decree, too, which is that, you know, when you limit the number of choices that you have, you limit the amount of innovation that can occur, that yeah. can occur in the space. So, I mean, like, think about it, it just in terms of phones, like, you know, in in actuality they'll say you know you have a lot of choices in different you know manufacturers and stuff like that but you know most of the market is android a smaller subsect of the market is apple and then there are you know like little tiny outlier things but there's two mobile Blackberry operating systems still making phones core i don't right? even think they are i no, think they they're are, done yeah. now it's it's um are they doing one phone like one yes <laughs> there is the blackberry because andrew cuomo <laughs> has one oh uh, okay and Roxy likes to bring that up all the time. Like, see, he's got his BlackBerry. I'm like, yes, he found the one BlackBerry that's available. On the he market. also has somebody who has an iPhone right next to him. Where, yeah. So he can just be like, <laughs> tweet me. <laughs> pull, pull up YouTube. I want to see my face. Oh, it's a smartphone. It just also has a keyboard. You know, old people. <laughs> I want some Rocky milk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so. Oh, we have not covered anything yet today, so let's move on. Yeah, let's let's get on with it. All right, first thing up uh, in news is the Veep Stakes is over. Uh, we've been talking about it for a few weeks. You saw in the intro video there. Uh, I do also actually want to say real quick, uh, we are really active in the, uh, the, the chat today. So you can see the Discord link wherever you are. Come and join us in there. But you can also chat right in Facebook. It'll come into the Discord. We can chat back to you. Um, we have Eric Moore is joining us and Kenny, Kenny from the DSUG podcast. Remember that, Corey? That was mm-hmm. a thing that was happening. Uh, joining us in the chat. You can join us too. Make sure you come in and, and be a part of that. And the Discord will be around same channel forever. So just uh, make sure you bookmark it and then you can come and be a part of that there. Yeah. Talk so, anytime. Uh, Kamala Harris is the choice, uh, as we've talked about basically for the last three weeks, she was the odds favorite, uh, unfortunately, maybe not the person we want, but at the same time, uh, as, uh, you're going to hear coming up this Friday, at some point you just have to hold your nose and vote for the one that makes sense. I mean, so neither one of us were super excited about Kamala Harris coming in as the, as the pick, but you know, I will say this, um, here i I think went in the lead up to a decision like this the people you're hearing about the most the 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 uh the quiet mouths don't get fed portion of the democratic party who is arguing for anyone who isn't the person who is the front runner like yeah yeah you know like the the people who are trying to put it put out bad stories about harris so that gretchen whitmer looks better or stuff like that like there's a lot of horse racing going on and i found that most democratic voters or most people who are you know, out there like getting the news, like who aren't tied into some sort of political discussion all the time. We're generally excited about Kamala Harris. And I feel like, uh, you know, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be short on the idea that it is a historic choice to have, you know, a, a woman on the, on the on ticket. ticket, Geraldine Ferraro, the last time, a, a black woman, a Indian woman, you know, like she, she has a lot of, a lot of firsts that are yeah. accompanying this decision. Um, and I, 
you know, generally speaking, I, I, I find Kamala fine. I just don't like it seems like there is a there is a bomb getting ready to explode here yeah. with the you know, it because it, any any story of criminal justice is only a matter of time before the next one happens. Yep. Like and a lot of old stuff tends to come out when you poke your head up. It's a tall poppy syndrome. So and you know, you know I. I'm I'm not saying, you know, everyone's allowed to evolve and everyone's allowed to be a better version of the person they were yesterday. We, we have, expect we certainly have. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Joe I'm sure would say the same thing cuz there's a lot of bad statements next to Joe Biden's name from when he was a senator, a congressman in the 70s or 80s, things yep. that he would like to have back and things I'm sure he doesn't believe now. But it's it's tough just because you know, like as somebody who wants to not only just beat Trump, but actually make some sort of substantial change in this world, it does feel like there is a there is the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which is you know get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, you're yeah. only here for your excitement. Like get us the kids, and then we'll we'll tell you to go fuck off and die. Like you know like, and then there's the the party, the the capital D Democratic Party. Sure. Yeah. Which is uh been not run under stellar circumstances for the last generation. Here. I, like, I would say every day we have a people turning 18 who are moving the capital D party closer and closer to that fringe. Yeah. They're moving well, it outward. So, and, and you know, Joe Biden, you know, as much as they want to like, you know, paint Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as like these, like, you know, unhinged like <laughs> Antifa fighters, like King of Antifa. Yeah. Like, you know, Joe Biden is a very moderate, Democrat and Kamala Harris is a very left to the moderate scale of Democrats. Like she is for sure further to the left than Biden is. She she's done Green New Deal. She's yeah. been in, in favor of Medicare for all. There's a lot of very progressive things that she has actually put her name next to. But uh, she also didn't prosecute a single cop while she was a prosecutor. She said nothing about the racial reckoning that's happening in the country. She's right. And, not moving forward. And you issues. would think that, you know, like the, the problem is that, you know, I, I think anyone who has any kind of aspiration to be a politician or a attorney's general or something like that should at some point say, I want to do this because there's something wrong with the way that we're doing it now. Like, you know, it, not it, it, nobody wins elected office by saying everything has been done great, and I just want to continue this <laughs> long, long and storied record of well, the. I don't know because didn't Trump say that this week? <laughs> he did. Uh, he wasn't reading the room, but yes, he did. Uh, I, 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 oh, I, man. I'm fine. I'm fine with. I'm fine with the. I've I've been willing to bite my tongue on Biden. I've been willing to 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 to, to just be okay with Kamala Harris. This is uh, to be honest. This could have been a lot worse. I think it, it could have been and worse. I, I'm I'm fine with it. I, I'm just gonna hold their feet to the fire from day one. Like just just I want them to know that like if if they if they screw up even a little bit, I'm gonna be all over their ass. Like I I just do not have patience for somebody who is not even going to give half of the yeah. party that they are intending to vote for them any kind of time of day, you know, like well, I, I really wanted this election to be Joe Biden gets to be president. He's run f in five decades now. Let's give him six decades now. because yeah. We're in the 2020s. Uh, let's give him the presidency. He's earned it. He's done the work. Um, step down after four years and you'll be make me very happy. But I also wanted it to be a give somebody with less experience a chance to be VP and be there to replace you in 2024. Yeah. I cannot do that now because 
I will not vote for Kamala Harris for president because to me, the issues for which she is softest are the most important issues. Yeah. We can give, we can do Medicare for all. If you're using Medicare for all to patch up people of color who are getting shot by police still willy nilly without any consequences. Right. Then it's not worth it to me. And the green new deal is fantastic and we should absolutely do that. But if you don't really care about working class people and getting them back to work, then I don't really care about that. And right. so I am fine with this being the center middle that we can take the election. This is the one that gets 54% in swing States. Even a woman of color might help Joe Biden take Texas. That that's where we are. Yeah. Georgia who almost voted for Stacey Abrams might vote for this instead of Trump. I get that. Bernie is going to be a horse race where everybody's just going to stay home. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't like Trump, but I'm not going to vote for Bernie, so I'm going to stay home. I, and I get that. I mean, and, and, and I'm not, I am also, I personally am not a progressive Democrat. Yes. There are parts of the ideals of the progressive Democrats, though, that I really enjoy because the more left-leaning aspect of me wants the things that I want badly. Like, I, I want there to be equal rights amongst everyone. Sure. Regardless of any kind of difference between us, I want everyone to be treated exactly the same under the color of law and just in general. Like, there, there should be no delineation between how we treat each other. And, you know, if you want real change in that regard, the only people to look at are the progressive side of the Democratic Party. Yeah. They are the only ones who are going far enough on those issues to make a substantial difference. I would not want to necessarily align all my political beliefs with the far left fringe of the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. but I am willing to go with them on certain things because I think that they're right and they just know how to do like it, I just it's just not even that I think that, you know, progressives are smarter or that they have better ideas or anything like that. They are, I just they think, are. But you know. Well, I mean, like, I, I just feel like when when AOC speaks or when Bernie speaks or when somebody like that speaks. They're coming from a lot of logic. Yeah. Like, this is what's wrong. Here's how we can fix it. Sometimes they say things that are, you know, like, interesting ideas, but also completely ridiculous on face. Like, Bernie had the, the plan, like, you know, billionaires made an extra $60 billion during coronavirus while everybody was making no money. We should tax every billion dollars that they made to help pay for See, all you, the things. You call that crazy. I call that creating a functioning republic well but, i mean you know i i i think the reason why it works is because everyone can understand how yeah. that would like how that would benefit people how like you can robin hood a situation here where we take yeah. care of the poor but you also have to realize that if you do this like there there's a there's a certain balance that california specifically has been dealing with for a long time which is the how hard can we push people before they just fucking leave yeah like there's a lot of California people who just go to Texas and there's they're, they're going to leave the U.S. though. There, there's people, people who will at a certain point leave the U.S. if it becomes too uh, okay problematic. To, okay. To Let them go. Maintain. Let them go. No, no, no. I'm not. And then I, we're going to tax the crap out of their companies, and then capital gains will become. You have I to was, follow those. Here. I was for the taxing of the companies before. I'm just Me saying. Too. I'm just saying. You know, like you can't. You know, just because you happen to own an internet based 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 business and you are the ones who are able to succeed when others, you know, fail by no fault of your own or by no meat or no cause yeah. of your own. Like, you know, I understand why Amazon is making more money now than they were pre pandemic. See, but the, I'm saying that, like, the problem I have though is if I Amazon get that. was taxed properly at any point prior to the pandemic, then maybe we'd have more money for the things yeah. that we're looking. You know, I hate to 
I hate to say that we have to tax success just because they're the only ones who are being successful in a time where everyone else is failing. See, you and know, that, you're looking at it at Amazon, though, but his proposal wasn't Amazon. Oh, you know, it was, it was taxing the personal wealth that had right. been gained I by get people. It. I get it. I'm saying, you know, like we, we will have it. You know, I, I understand your where he's coming from with that point. I just don't agree with it on that level. You know, because you are. A I, like, you are a I like the idea. I like the idea of it. I don't like the execution of it. You are a temporarily broken, embarrassed billionaire. And eventually you'll be back <laughs> to that billionaire status. Yeah. And you don't want taxes on them now because they'll put taxes on you later. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm thinking about the billions I currently have stored away that I've made during this. I mean, I think logically, though, we both lean on the fact that... I've sold a lot of screenplays. That's all I'm going to say. We both lean on the fact of having the knowledge that progressives just start negotiating for their left. Yeah. The problem with this centralist nonsense is that we'll eventually end up farther to the right just because the compromise starts from the middle. Well, uh, Bernie starts (laughs) from a crazy left position, and maybe we get something progressive as a compromise, so... McConnell, the Democrats decide in the room what they want, and yeah. it's all the way to the left. And then Republicans come out publicly and say what they want. It's all the way to the right. Yeah. Right. With Democrats want zero. Republicans want 100. Right. And uh, the Democrats are holding on their zero behind closed doors. But then the Republicans went out on, on TV and said 100. Yeah. And now they're just like, well, we're not going to be able to get zero. That's what we call negotiating so we're gonna against call, yourself. We're going to call them and say that we're going to start at 50 and then we end up at 75 rather than starting the negotiation at zero. Yes. <laughs> it should be and making them come to us. Like at least some. Yeah. You're negotiating against yourself. You're yeah. saying we're not going to get this so let's loosen our position to try and get something. Right. But you do something. Go of out. Of it. Go out and tell people like what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean right now Senate Republicans do not look good for going home in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic no. while there's a large concern over where a huge swath of Americans are going to get money to survive for the next couple of months. Like, by the way, the irony of this is that if Trump likes the bill that the Democrats put out of Congress, which he won't, but yeah. if he did, he could choose to sign it pending Senate approval mm-hmm. and then just start because it's money because it's a payment of money and right. it has to be approved by the house. Really? Senate is looking for advice and consent. Yeah. Uh, he could sign it and be like, well, when the Senate comes back, they'll vote on it. If they don't like it, they can stop what we're doing. He could sign the bill. And then we just start spending the money. Yeah. He won't because it'll give Nancy Pelosi a win. And heaven forbid that's not going to happen. Right. But uh, the good news is. Well, he's not doing anything wrong. So I don't know why he needs well, to give Nancy Pelosi a win. I mean. <laughs> when and if we do get Joe Biden, uh, hopefully in the White House, we'll have God help us. Uh, Real politics is, is actually estimating a win in the in the House, a win in the Senate. So it might be. A Democrat House, a Democrat Senate, Democrat presidency, a sweep all the way through. Um, there, but that is taking into some things about th- if it's this close between Mitch and his competitor this late, it's problematic for Mitch. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse for him as we go along because he does stuff like send everybody home for recess right. uh, in a pandemic. And that's not going to help him. But uh, anyway, where we started, this, uh, this is the ticket. Uh, like it or not. Uh, like I said, uh, sometimes the medicine don't taste good and you just got to <laughs> swallow it anyway and wait four years and hope that you get something better, I guess. And then uh, speaking of the election, uh, Trump, uh, <laughs> any uh, weird bit of uh, political thinkery here. <laughs> he's, decided, ten, he's 10 moves ahead of you, Corey. You decided don't know to go going. onto Fox News and admit that he's holding up post office funding because he w- doesn't want the Democrats to be able to get the mail-in voting that will be so corrupt. But 
the, the part that bothers me the most is that if I went on television, if I had a press conference, right, and invited all the news stations, and I went out and, and on a on a lectern, and I was like, "Hey, I have a plan to take away people's mail before it gets to them." Like, uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly the means by which I do it, but you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, come up on a mail truck while they're delivering the mail, and I'll steal out a couple cartons, and I'll just run down the street with them, and I'm in the mail burglar now, you yes. know? Yeah. But I plan on I plan on fucking with the mail. Uh, you know who comes to visit me? Secret Service. Secret Service. Yeah. Who's <laughs> in charge of the mail? And they go, uh, you realize that fucking with the mail is a crime, and I'm like, what? And then I would get arrested and I would spend time in jail, even if I didn't fuck with the mail. I'm pretty sure that just intent stating intent to mess with the the operation of the stating if they someone saw you with a cherry bomb and a match at a mailbox. I think Mm. that is a substantial enough step for them to be like, oh, he's about to fuck with the mail. He's taking a discernible step towards fucking with the mail. Yeah. And even if you're like, hey, I was going to drop it by the mailbox. I was going to put it in the UPS box, not the blue box. Right. Doesn't matter. Substantial step towards damaging the mail. I just don't get how I could be arrested for that sort of thing. And Trump is going out and admitting to impeding the ability for the Postal Service to do their job. And it's like, you know, like, oh, it's just a hard line negotiation. Like, no. <laughs> Here's the difference. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's not. If your boss came out and said, I'm going to give 10% of the people here a raise, and I'm going to fire 20% of you, and then eventually he just gives everybody a 1% raise, and you feel lucky because could have been part of the 20% that was fired. Yeah. He only got 1%. Uh, he's allowed to do that because he's the boss. Yeah. So he's allowed to do that because he's the boss. But the problem with being the boss is that usually in a corporation, there is somebody like the sh- the shareholders who are going to be like, we don't want to terrify everybody yeah. who works here. That's how we lose good people. Yeah. And they fire the boss. And Trump apparently thinks he works at, you know, Trump, yeah. where he's the boss and there's no shareholders. So, and he forgets that there's 300 million shareholders. I mean... So I'm not I'm not saying that the USPS is the greatest run organization in the history of the world, but it, but it, it is, doesn't hold have on. to be. Uh, the, the, OK, go ahead. Hold on. But go it ahead. is it is protected by the Constitution. It is a a cornerstone by which our entire government runs, not just for delivering mail and ballots and stuff like that, but also getting medication to people from the VA or Social Security checks or any number of things that are very important to people who vote like veterans and seniors. Yeah. Uh, but I just the, the fact that we've gotten to this problem, like, so people are just like the post office loses so much money. The post, the army doesn't lose so much money. We, we allocate resources towards it where the USPS got fucked was in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, they voted to say that they had to have 75 years worth of pensions available and wait, then wait, immediately, wait, wait. let's pretend oh, you said voted. Let's be yeah. clear about who voted that. Oh, the uh, the it was the House and the Senate. Yes, which yeah. were held by what party at the time? The Republicans. Absolutely right. right. Okay, yes, Republicans because voted because there was a desire to privatize the post office. Yes, so, so to make it look like the post office is doing really bad. Yes, they make them pay for the pensions up front for yes. a long period of time. For people who may never take a pension from the post office. Right. Yeah. And uh, that immediately put them in $120 billion worth of debt, which is 
most of where we are right now. Yep. And uh, they also set the price of postage. So it's not like the USPS could be like, well, this is a real kick in the nuts. So people are going to be upset when they have to pay a dollar twenty to send a letter. Yep. Uh, no, they, they. You can't raise postage like that. You can't. You can't go crazy. So now, if it was a business, yeah. if it was run like a business, then yes, they would say, "All right, we need to come up with 120 billion. Here's how we're going to do it." Well, I mean, that's what Uber and Lyft are doing right now. I mean, like California just upheld uh, the that all people who drive for Uber and Lyft are employees and have to be treated as such, and that's going to go into effect in like the beginning of September, I think, mm-hmm. officially. And uh, you're getting a lot of things from Uber and Lyft saying like, oh, we're not going to be able to operate in California. If you Yeah, I've gotten three push notifications yeah. now saying call your you better call your congressman because uh, or your state con- your state legislatures. Yeah, because your Uber is about to cost fifty dollars just to get from Hollywood to <laughs> to downtown. No, well, Lyfts are we are not going to operate in California anymore. Oh, really? They're yep. just done. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they're like, hey, call somebody because. Uh, or hey, uh, it was we. You have a fifteen percent off cop coupon. Better use it now because <laughs> we're not going to operate after September first. Right. So yeah, that way. But but here's the thing: the post office is was never intended to operate at a profit. Yeah. It is a service. Right. Now, Corey can comprehend this. What he doesn't comprehend is that Amtrak is also a service, and it's not meant to operate at a, at a profit. But I'm not going to go down the whole Amtrak road again because we have a whole episode back in the catalog yeah. where you can do that. Um, but <laughs> go the, ahead and find it. I'm sure it's illuminating. The The point is that that. OK, so he, here's the most illuminating thing I can say. If you go to U, UPS or FedEx and you say, I want to send a postcard from here to my parents who live in rural Maryland. Yeah. So uh, if I go to the post office, USPS, that will cost me thirty five cents. To send a postcard from here to rural Maryland. Yeah. If I use any other service, what they say is, okay, it is a non-box. <coughs> Anything non-box is the same qualification. Mm-hmm. Less than a pound. Mm-hmm. Everything less than a pound. 16 ounces is the same qualification. And you're crossing four zones. That is a charge. Yeah. And it's going to a rural delivery. That's a charge. Yeah. To send a postcard mm-hmm. to my parents is $4.40. Yeah. FedEx or UPS. Same amount. The post office does it for 35 cents. Yeah. So the the whole point is that if let's just say that FedEx is setting their their price by the market. UPS is the same, I assume. That's the market cost. The post office is doing it at 900% below market cost. Yes, uh, but you know, you also have to factor in that there's a lot of costs associated with running a business that factor into that cost that the USPS would not have to worry about. Like Like what? For instance, they pay their CEOs $20 million a year and their shareholders expect a certain amount of profit every single quarter. And if they can't show operating benefits to doing something, then they get, you know, penalized by the, by the New York stock exchange. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like being a business versus being a public entity. There are things you don't have to worry about if you're one as opposed to the other, but to, you know, hypothetically, you know, if uh, UPS or FedEx wanted to operate the mm-hmm. same as the USPS, where their their CEO took a nominal amount, if their yeah. postmaster general took a nominal Let's amount say, every year, yeah. then uh, they could do it for half the cost they currently do. 
Maybe. B- perhaps. I mean, I'm sure there would be certain things that would definitely just cost more just no matter what you do. Like, yeah. get to a rural house is going to take a little bit more. Always going to be a charge. Yeah. Crossing four zones, always going to be a charge. Right, right, right. So, But, you know, if you're if you're not padding in what you have to do to make, you know, the stock market happy, then yeah. you're, you're changing things up a lot. But so, I mean, so let's like, say it's 220, though. But, you know, they're also not legally required to make sure that they have money for people's pensions in, like, right. already right. put aside. So... You know, that's a that might defer the cost. That that's something huge that no other organization in the the army doesn't have their pensions funded no. for seventy five years and in the future. By the way, an army pension is guaranteed after four years of service. A yeah. post office pension is guaranteed after twenty years of service. Yeah. So Literally, you could, and actually, I think that I want to say the army's dropped theirs. I think it's a three-year thing now. If you go in for three years, you're guaranteed at least a portion of a pension. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and or if not, VA benefits, which by the way are not the army, they're paid for by somebody else. But the post office has to have the the retirement benefits include health care. Yeah. That is provided by them. And most importantly, we we can bomb third world countries for trillions of dollars over the last decade. And nobody says, hey, why isn't the army turning a profit? Because we understand it's part of the U.S. government. It's not meant to. It's providing a service, not producing a profit. There, There is one thing I would like to say, though. And, you know, this is not a defense of Trump or any of his nonsense. Oh, but God, here we go. No, I'm saying there there was a lot of social media this weekend about, uh, you know, like, oh, they're taking away this. Uh, mailbox at the end of my block mm-hmm. they're getting rid of the the high volume sorting machines at these different locations and stuff like that uh just because trump said something on saturday or sunday <laughs> does not mean that that following week they're pulling the boxes and stuff like that yeah. so you know there is there was a a a plan to take out you know as there is almost every year with usps there is a plan to take out like low circulation boxes every once in a while yep and redistribute them to places where they make more benefit and you know like to replace machines or get rid of them none of them look good because you just said this thing this week it's very noticeable when some someone sees a post office box getting ripped out of the ground yeah like two days after trump says something on fox news admits his whole evil plan on fox news yeah uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not related, but it's not good. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is not the time for this to happen, but it was planned way before Trump decided to shoot off the cuff on. Yeah. Well, and I, I just want to say my last point is yeah. that you guys have, do you have a portal that you pay that you can pay on for your rent? Yeah. Okay. So I also have a Dropbox at, uh, my building and yeah. I'm have a Dropbox because someone lives in the building who works for the, the company. It's not a requirement. I've, I've talked to him. He just likes the building and he wants to live there. If he moves, I then have to mail my rent check to Texas where the company who owns my building is centered. Yeah. Given this rule, let's just say at cost, it's 220. That means my rent goes up by 220, which seems negligible. But now I'm adding on the electric bill, which I have to send somewhere in LA. And right. a water bill where I have to send... To the same office, but not on the same payment for some reason. Well, not only that, but you have to factor in that, you know, you're going to have to send it sooner. Yes. To make sure it gets there. Yeah. And now my, my, my whole budget screwed up. And you can do the thing where you say, well, the check will not get there for a week. So I don't need to have all the money ahead of time before I write the physical check. That's a crime. But that's Corey. where people get in trouble. And that's a crime. If you write <laughs> yeah. a check that you don't have the funds to clear it the moment you sign it, that is passing a bad check. Hmm. That's a crime. Hmm. 
Corey just learned he's a felon. That's the face of someone who learned he's a no, felon. No, I, I haven't done that, so I, I'm glad I haven't. Never in your life? No, uh, not that I could think of. Okay, I'm not going to speak on whether I've ever done that. <laughs> I'd rather not have the evidence. No, because I've had landlords who lived. I had a landlord when I was living in Denton, Maryland, who lived in Montana. Yeah. But he used to live in Maryland. He bought an investment property and then he moved. And it's like, all right, so I got to mail my check to rural Montana. And his thing was, I want it by the third. Okay. Yeah. How long is it going to take the USPS to get it there? Which is, by the way, one of the reasons it's cheap because you can't, you want to guarantee you got to pay more. Okay. Well, all right. I'm just going to mail it on the 25th. Yeah. It should get there by the third. Okay. It's just, it's everything becomes more expensive when you don't have reliable mail. And by the way, well, and, the and, mail could provide uh, cheap these, overnight. These concerns, the, the do I have enough money in my checking account to cover the check that I'm about to write, yeah. are concerns that are held by people who are living paycheck to paycheck. People who are like us, who do not have a lot of disposable income. Yep. Like, you know, that not... Not everybody, you know, like talking about the not having the money in the in the account when you write the check, a crime, but also something that I imagine many people do oh, on absolutely. rent every single week. The uh, uh, I this check is uh, uh, my rent is due on Friday, but if I drop it off at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to deposit it till Monday, and the check that I get this weekend is going to help pay for my rent. It'll and, clear by Monday. Yeah, it'll yeah. be all good. Like that that's you know Mitch McConnell doesn't worry about this. I was going like, to say you know who doesn't have this problem? The Postmaster General, Steve Mnuchin at Treasury, Mitch McConnell, Trump, they don't have this problem. So yeah. it's not our problem or it shouldn't be our problem. Uh they should deal with it. Uh and that seems to be the order of the day because no matter what it seems like that is kind of how everyone in government is is taking everything. Um I did want to mention just offhand Stimulus checks went out 126 days ago. And yeah. if you divided the money that you got in that stimulus check, it would break down to, oh, you cleared it out. Uh, oh, no, it's at the top now. $7.50 per day. So yeah. thanks, guys. Uh, by the way. Uh, I was able to buy a small McDonald's lunch every day for the last. Uh, and unemployment expired. So I hope you saved it because yeah. you're going to need it for rent this month. Not at all. Unemployment. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> But more importantly, uh, I think in COVID news, going to COVID news, uh, not just getting another uh, a stimulus, which, by the way, New Zealand uh, also announced they're going to move their election by one month. Yeah. They have also been giving a stipend to every citizen to help them stay at home and not have to worry about going to work. People have cho chosen to go to work and basically said, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to let all my employees stay at home, but I'm going to go into work. I'm going to keep the office operating. You can work remotely. Um, and if you work three days a week, we'll pay you for three days a week. And then you qualify for unemployment for the two days you don't, which yeah. is not how it works in America. Right. It's either all or nothing. It's that's how we run. Uh, so basically I want to move to New Zealand. That's <laughs> essentially what I'm saying. But in other uh, COVID news, um, two of the vaccines are moving into third round human trials. Yes. Excellent news. That means we're actually on track to have a vaccine ready by January, except that may not happen. And it may not happen because not efficacy, not whether or not it's a good vaccine, but because people of color are not signing up for the third round human trial. And one of the rules under the FDA is that your demographic for your third round for human trial has to essentially match the demographics of the country. And the picture that I have up next to me here, you're probably wondering, this looks like an old picture. Why would you post this about a story from this week? This is why people of color are not signing up for a vaccine trial 
because this is a photo from the Tuskegee experiment where the U.S. government gave a bunch of men syphilis and then tried to find a cure for syphilis by giving them different shots of different things and tracking them over the course of time. This damaged a large population of men, uh, black men in particular. And so now you, who may be a 20-year-old person of color, is thinking, I'd really like to do the right thing. I would like to stand up. I would like my family to be proud of me. I would like to be a solid citizen mm -hmm. and volunteer mm -hmm. for the third round human trial vaccine. Anybody who wouldn't want to do this is clearly just a coward. And um, then your grandfather tunes in and he says, boy, listen one moment here. I did this one time. What, did they tell you they're going to pay you like 40 bucks for it? Same thing. I got 40 bucks. They gave me syphilis. And then... For a hundred, you know, for, for 60 years, they experimented on me. It's not worth it. Yeah. And now you, maybe you say, um, I want to do the right thing, but also. I don't want this to happen to don't me. Don't want to be grandpa. I don't want yeah. to be experimented on for 40 years. And, uh, also, uh, Latinos are not signing up. Uh, generally black and brown people are the people who are not signing up. And that is because there's apparently a rumor that they will check your immigration status if you sign up for the vaccine. And of course. Some people who might be willing to sign up are citizens, but their parents aren't. And if you look into me and you find out my parents are here illegally, am I risking their lives? Do you sending them home right. by me coming out? Mm. Or maybe somebody who is a, a DACA recipient, which has no safety in the Trump administration, doesn't want to come forward because they were brought here as a child when they were two. And now, I mean, they're sending back, you know, servicemen and women who fought for this country. Yeah. So yeah. the a guy we... who did three tours in Afghanistan is not safe. Yeah. I've been living in New York City my whole life, and I'm an artist who lives in the village. They'll send me back real quick. I'm not going to go risk that. And yeah. he, of course. So the in the end result is we may be held up on a vaccine in the U.S., not because the science isn't there, but because the FDA won't get final approval because the third round human studies don't match demographics of the country. And we can't say that it's safe for people of color who are, by the way, being impacted by the virus far more than other groups. It's just a sad set of events, and it all just brings me back to Germany in the mid-20s when fascism was on the rise, and it wasn't just the Nazis. There was a lot of people who were anti-Jew, anti-Slav, anti-anyone who wasn't German, and the uh, Spanish flu had the same outcome. People of, people of those communities wouldn't get the vaccine because they were worried about getting something given to them by a government that was vocally against them. Yeah. We essentially have what returned to this point that we are living in a country when the leader of the country says, yes, I'm trying to interfere with the election because this kind of voting benefits some, the other party and I don't want them to win. So I'm going to just interfere with it any way that I can. Brian Kemp did it in Georgia. He seemed to be doing pretty well with that. I'm just going to do it on the national level. This is fascism. This is how yeah. fascism starts. It is along the scale of our slide to fascism. So welcome, everyone. Welcome to fascism. Yes, unfortunately. We have cake. Uh, and I guess in, in other, uh, in other uh, uh, coronavirus news, even though it's more Trump than it is coronavirus, and, and really a story I want to make sure we just touch on, because we've only started finding out what it is, this is about. Right. Uh, Mike Lindell. Do you know that name, Corey? Do you know who Mike yeah. Lindell is? The My Pillow guy. He's the skeleton who's holding a, a, a pillow on some late night advertisements. Here, you guys. You can see him. He's right here. Mike Lindell. Uh, also, personal friend of the president. One mm -hmm. of the few CEOs who 
stayed loyal to the president. So he's a personal friend. Uh, last week, he and HUD Secretary uh, Ben Carson, who I used to respect <laughs> as a physician, as a politician. Yeah. I believe I spoke into these mics and said, I might vote for Ben Carson. It's time we get a scientist, a man of science yeah. into the White House. Until you heard about all of his science. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they walked in and said, hey, there's this new uh, extract. Olandantor, Olandantor, which is based on the oleander plant, and it's showing good signs of being a good treatment for coronavirus. So Trump, of course, immediately tweets out something about uh, Olandantor. Turns out that this uh, extract has been tried to get uh, FDA approval for something else, was marked as unsafe for human use, Hmm. and then rejected. But wouldn't you know, Mike Lindell has a financial stake in the company that's producing no. it. So he had a financial stake in a company that was about to take a huge L, and then he called his buddy or went to see his buddy Trump, and now that might turn into a huge W. Now you're going next you're gonna tell me that the postmaster general who Trump appointed has also got ties to things that are not the post office. Funny story. <laughs> He was a really big don. Uh, he donated a lot of money to Trump, and no. now he's postmaster general. Yeah, so it's Ow. a developing, it's a developing story. We'll see what happens, but in the end, it's just like, what? It, this is a weird place to be in because when you see a government slip towards being for sale, they generally don't also slip towards fascism at the same time because <laughs> it's it's like, well, either we're just going to be for sale to the highest bidder, and then you risk, I don't know. Soros coming in and buying up government power. Right. Uh, so, by the way, he's not trying to take over the government. That is, that is a joke. Uh, or it's fascism where it's like, we're just going to show Don't say it too loud or else the QAnon people will show up. And Honestly, listen. They Q- got thoughts. If QAnon, uh, this is what I'm going to tell you. There are four episodes where we have given away the very secrets of Pizzagate, Obamagate. <laughs> You're just going to have to listen to Every single episode yeah. and find out where it might we be in hidden code, though. So mm. listen closely and multiple times <laughs> across all places where yeah. it's available. In fact, because it's different. If you know, uh, you know, people people don't know this, but it's slightly different. Yeah, the, sometimes the YouTube and the, the podcast version are slightly different. So sometimes Spotify won't let us upload to anchor with the secrets involved. So we yeah. have to upload the special one with the secrets to YouTube. And sometimes, you know, uh, the YouTube Google, gets onto our tricks. And they do. Yeah. So we have to switch it up and load it somewhere else. It's on so Facebook instead. The only safe way is to listen to 321 episodes on both <laughs> platforms multiple times to figure out when we gave away the secrets. Um, Go at but, it, sluice. <laughs> uh so other Trump stuff, you know, I just kind of want to skip through that. We mentioned the uh, that he keeps he wants to keep this incredible thing going yeah. earlier. Uh, I I can't. I I just honestly and so um, the lack of insight is is breathtaking. Just out of touch, and uh, yeah, he's so anti. We talked about the postal service. He's anti postal service because he doesn't like mail in ballots. But yeah, if you ordered an absentee ballot in North Carolina or Pennsylvania, you received one with Trump's face on it, and you might say to yourself. What's the difference between an absentee ballot and a mail-in ballot? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. One is you saying, essentially under oath, I won't be in the district on election day, so I'd like to vote in absentia ahead of time. Right. The other is saying- I'm going to be in uh, London during the election because I have a big job going on in London. 
so I need to vote by mail. I mean, in the end, you I, I think I voted in absentia one year when I was working in Columbia, Maryland, and I lived on the Eastern Shore. And I said, I leave at 7 a.m. and I return at 7 p.m. Polls are open 7 to 7. Yeah. So I, there is no way I can vote. I need to vote in absentia for this election because they will give me time off from work, but I can't get home to vote and go back to work on my on, during that time. Right. So I need uh, I need an absentee ballot. A mail-in ballot is saying, I won't be absent from the district. I just don't want to go vote in person. So the result of both is you fill out a form with certain things at the bottom, with like choices, your social security elections, number. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, even more, your social security number and your voter ID number, which is on your voter's card, and a bunch of other personal information, and then you mail it. The only difference is the reason for not being there. Either I'm there and I don't want to vote, uh, I'm not going to be able to vote in person, or I'm, um, I am going to be there, but I don't want to vote in person. What constantly amazes me about this whole thing is that uh, Trump is uh, should want more people voting, I would think. I mean, like as the president, yes, he should want that. As a shill who has fooled us all thus oh, I far know, along, he doesn't want that. But I'm saying, that. like, it, it's it's amazing that, like, you know, never never in in the uh, there have there have been people along the rungs of politics who have made some sort of like you know like well i'm gonna uh, you know brian kemp i'm gonna shut down polling places or you know i'm gonna take you off the rolls or stuff like that like those were all very on the nose tricks that were being played on people who were supposed to be voting in those elections right and um, very directed, by the way, just like, hey, black people, oh, yeah. you're likely to be taken off the rolls. So I'm going to take you off the rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like at the end of the day, there wasn't a there wasn't Brian Kemp on Fox News saying like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of problematic voters that I wanted to get off the rolls. Like he 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 was he would find some sort of way of going like, well, none of these people who were eliminated from the rolls have voted in the last 10 elections. And we just assumed that. Like many of these things, these people either move or they're a part of a new, you know, like they might be on the roll of a different county. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like we're eliminating somebody's ability to vote. We're just cutting them out of the role of this particular county where they clearly don't vote anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you can you can argue that that is full of bullshit, that it that's is, a bullshit is. response. But, but at the very least, he's trying to make up with some sort of excuse as to why he is not impeding people's ability to vote he's covering his tracks at least he's not being bold about the fact no 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 he's trying to figure out a way to to make it seem like he wants people to vote without uh (laughs) without allowing them to vote so it's amazing it's really bold to just be like listen um we're sending out mail-in ballots to people with white sounding names it's just the other people that don't get could you imagine like just like uh, i don't know bill clinton right like if he had a if he had a, a rose garden address, right? Yeah, he's just like uh, a lot of Americans are thinking about buying cars. I say go buy the Japanese ones because they're just better than the American ones right now. It's like no, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. Even though American cars were pieces of crap at the time, like you would just see Bill Clinton go like, it's important that we, you know, buy American, buy American, buy American. automobiles because it's important to yeah. our economy and the people who work here, and we can't give in to the Japanese and blah blah blah. By like, the way, can you imagine if Barack Obama had said, I'm going to start taking people off voting rolls. Yeah. I'm going to block the mail so that, that oh God, people can't Fox vote. Fox News would never. Uh, there would be gunfire in the streets. <laughs> it would. Lo- 
they would have a they would have a thing like at the end of Ghostbusters, like the, the yeah, the, like the the Broadway studio of Fox News would just erupt with like a green chasm of smoke out the top. And Fox News banner would just read, "The time is now. Take to the streets," and it would just be like a. Uh, the uh, the purge siren going off. That's the, all that they would cover. It would just be that. It wouldn't just be the purge siren. It would be Alex Jones just <laughs> screaming into the microphone in the form of a purge siren. Yeah. It's happening now. The frogs have come to life. Ah, ah. Purge is now. Ah. Helter Skelter. <laughs> it's a race war. Let's do this. <laughs> Did you, did you see him yelling at people at the park? By the way, there was like, oh god, no, he I went didn't. to he went to like some park in Austin where they like there's just like you know ten kids who work for the parks department or something like that who are like oh. raking leaves or some shit and he's just like you know you're part of a government queue and he's the, like the people are just like who is this drunk man who's yelling at bro him? it's just like I'm taking over the means of operation for this thing <laughs> I I, you I are, need a you summer job. <laughs> This pays $22 an hour, man. It's a government job. Come on. You realize they're eating your brain from the inside. It's like, who? <laughs> but like, honestly, man, I smoke a lot of pot. Seems like you do, too. Could be worse. I'm just saying. It could get worse. How come all the pot I buy ends with an eodi? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we do have one other uh, one other topic section to talk about this week, and that's of course sports ball. So I'm ah, gonna, those dulcet tones. I know it, it always seems like it's been so long since we had it. I'm gonna <laughs> let you uh, uh, wax poetic on this, though. Go ahead. I don't know how much waxing poetic is going to happen here per se, but I will say this. The Orioles are surprising me in ways. Uh, they also lose games in ways that shock and amaze me. But uh, when they win games, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very confident about this team. Uh, specifically, the fact that we swept the Nationals and we swept the Phillies uh, on the road for both of those, which was uh, lovely. And, you know, yes, we're losing. We lose the Yankees. I think we lost to the Blue Jays tonight. Um, but there seems to be uh, that sort of magic that happened in, like, the 2012 season where we were uh, winning all those one-run games and just one thing after another. 7-1, so, bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Ooh, man, that <laughs> so, one got out of hand. <laughs> something tells me this one isn't going to make the comeback. No, probably not. <laughs> you never know, though, so... <laughs> Uh, you make the magic happen, so as I've been told. You make the magic happen. But the uh, the expanded playoff format has gotten me thinking. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before the season started, obviously in jest a little bit. But right now, the Orioles would be in place to uh, make the wild card at this moment. Uh, we wouldn't have to face the Yankees. If the playoffs ended as they are right now, we wouldn't have to play the Yankees until the ALCS. Which seems to be our biggest. Uh, they put up one more. Seven two was the final. Ah, oh, so close. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Yankees seem like they would be the biggest impediment to us uh, getting to the World Series because they're the best team in the AL. Juggernaut. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously to win the World Series, we'd have to get through a lot of great teams. And not to say that any of the six teams that would be ahead of us in the playoff standings right now are are, are chumps or anything like that. They're all very talented teams, but. More than anything else, we're one-third of the way through this marathon season. The Orioles are in a playoff spot as mm -hmm. of this moment. 
our four best hitters, uh, Severino, Nunez, Santander, and uh, uh, Hanser Alberto are doing just as well as Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, uh, Justin Turner, and Corey Seager of the Dodgers, who are mm-hmm. the best team in the majors right now. Yeah. I just don't know. Uh, it's not that I think that the Orioles are going to win the World Series, but it, it seems like uh, an argument could be made that stranger things have happened. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I think also an important fact, zero positive tests for the Orioles. And the Yankees have had positive tests, I think, at this point. Um, Phillies have. Nationals have. The, the Yankees were going to play the Phillies. Oh, that's right. They yeah. didn't. They, they didn't, didn't play. Yeah. Yeah, because uh But because I mean like, you know, right now the the Cardinals just came back to play for the first time in two and a half weeks or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, they were <laughs> their record was 4 and 2 or whatever. They 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 had only played 6 games. Everyone else was close to 20. Yep. So, they're going to have to play double headers a lot for the rest of the season to try and make this up. And that's that's tough. That's tough. That's tough Very to tough. overcome. And, you know, maybe you don't play as many games as another te- team does. And, you know, you're, the Cardinals just end up playing 50 games instead of 60. And what's your, what's your winning percentage? And yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, th- there's, no, there's no promises even that, you know, if we got to the ALCS that the Yankees don't get sick then or something like that. Or that the, some sort of weird occurrence happens that, that just keeps working in the Orioles' favor for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm sure people will say, like, you know, oh, asterisk, the Orioles were supposed to be terrible this year, and they won, and this is just proof of all that and stuff like that. Whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, they can, <laughs> they can say that all they I want. I will take the ring. Whether or not there's an asterisk, it's fine. I mean, the Astros still have their ring, so, I mean, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, we, if uh, we're going to be okay with that, I think we should be okay with the 60-game <laughs> sprint World Series as well. How about this? Uh, they played about 60 games, honestly. So, <laughs> we played 60 games, honestly. They did. We both get a ring. It's fine. <laughs> You could tell that we weren't banging on our trash cans because there was no uh, <laughs> no crowd to cover up that noise. By the way, I got to say, so I watched my first game uh, when I was here over the weekend. Yeah. And I said that they're pumping in some low, or you, you told me they're pumping in some low crowd noise, but mm. it is disturbing just to watch the game because there's just, no matter what happens, there's no reaction. It's that same low murmur. What bothers me the most, so uh, in all my life of, of watching baseball, I could listen to the announcer announce mm-hmm. and then know when to raise my head based off the reaction <laughs> of the crowd. Yeah. So hypothetically, I could be like, you know, typing away at something and all of a sudden I hear like, <gasps> and it's like right before, you know, Gary Thorne or Jim Palmer would say like, oh, there it goes. Like, yeah. I, I would just know like, Oh, something's about to happen. I look up and then I would see the, you know, ball flying through the air, go over the seat, over the stands and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, now with the, the guy on the trigger with the crowd reactions, like yeah. it's not quite the same thing. I don't, it's the same as Gary Thorne's reaction. I get, I get lulled into like nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden I hear the announcer going crazy and I look up and it's too late, you know, but it, it's a weird season. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying uh, happy for baseball. Happy for baseball. The Orioles currently yes. at MGM as of this morning, I checked it. Uh, are fifteen plus fifteen thousand to win the World Series? It's a uh, big money, but uh, for a team that currently has a playoff spot locked up. Well, and I was going to ask you, is that better or worse than we were when it started? I felt like it was higher when we started the season. I don't know. I couldn't find the the same 
uh, I couldn't figure out where we had pulled up the odds from before. Uh, QAnon, so, let us know. Where were we getting the odds? Uh, <laughs> Listen to those episodes, the last now. 10 episodes or so. We yeah. covered it somewhere in there. Just work to, your way back from here yeah, backwards. Every episode multiple times, though. It doesn't It doesn't yeah. work unless you listen multiple times. Yeah. That's when that's when the magic happens. And in fact, uh, there's a secret. You have to play them both at the same time, and then when it overlaps, that's where you, uh, you hear the magic. Well, also, I, I you know, not to... Uh, not to tell, not to give away too much of the secret yes. sauce, but yeah, yeah. Uh, not only do you have to listen to it multiple times, but you have to share it every time you listen to it, or else it doesn't unlock. Oh, that's the, oh, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. listen full through a full time then because share. once you share it a hundred times or so, mm-hmm. then new stuff starts coming into all the videos. Secret that's sauce, yeah, yeah. People so. don't, you know, Rob is a very like uh, this relationship with YouTube, yeah. so uh, we 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 get the we get the secret stuff, the secret bonuses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, where do we get? We all draw too many people in. Uh, yeah, we're, you don't know where we pulled the odds. I, I don't I know where we pulled bookie, the odds. I'm, just a bookie site. Yeah, I'm pretty sure though that if I remember correctly, it was uh, it was still a high number. It was yeah. probably a higher number than this, but we haven't really gotten that much of a discount off of what the original take was before the season, and yeah. it's a third, third of the way. way through the season, and yeah. it's still fifteen thousand. So the way it would work uh, for people who don't gamble. If I went to Vegas right now and I wanted to win fifteen thousand dollars on the Orioles in this hypothetical, I would bet one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So one hundred dollars would net fifteen thousand and one hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, the original bet plus fifteen thousand um, dollars. So that means a thousand dollar bet gets you one hundred fifty thousand, one hundred and fifty one thousand. Well, yeah, I mean you get your bet back. Yeah, uh, you know, and you could keep going up the line. The ten thousand is one and a half million. And That's the- why I feel like the odds are better because I feel like we were at a thousand dollars was going to pay one hundred and fifty thousand. Like maybe it was. Our baby was like closer to a million or something closer, like that. We were getting closer to a It was like a reasonable bet would get you a million dollars. Yeah. So I feel like it was better. But, but also, still, I mean, that's a bookie site versus MGM. Right. Which There's, will take any crazy bet. And the bookie <laughs> sites, I feel like sometimes are going to be like, look, we put the odds up. It's not to put a bet on. You're yeah. not going to be able to put a bet on this. But I'm saying like, you know, if, if the Orioles, for whatever reason, went crazy and ended up winning the World Series, you would feel dumb for not taking those 15,000 odds when you still had them a third of the way through the season. Like, when are you driving to Vegas to put the odds down? <laughs> you want to go have these? <laughs> Wait, is that a crime? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? No. Well, I'll just bet it myself and, and I'll, you know, like I'll, I'll invest into a business. No, because it's like, like the lotto. You can pull. Oh, yeah, I guess you can. You can. Pull. Yeah. All right. We'll look into it. Uh, uh, and by the way, because we can get a suite in Vegas for a couple of days for like 500 <laughs> bucks. That's really nice. Man, fucking, I, I feel so bad for Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for Vegas. I do. I, I mean, like, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people who are trying to take every single dollar they can out of us. But the. Uh, <laughs> The the idea that in one month, uh, like a year 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 over year, uh, this month last year to this month this year was a seventy one percent decrease in business in Vegas. That's Man. fucking huge. Yeah, uh, you know, I was joking around about Disney a little bit earlier. They still made billions of dollars this quarter. Like, it wasn't nearly as many billions That's- of dollars as they wanted to, but they made billions of dollars this quarter. Uh, MGM or like, you know, the, the casinos and stuff like that. I think the number was like one and a half million dollars a day. Every day the Last casino year? was closed. Oh, that was closed. Yeah. yeah. So during the during the shutdown, when it was closed for a month and a half, yeah. you're talking about, you know, forty five million dollars and just fucking gone revenue. Wait, like, is there a Paramount decree? 
that applies to casinos? That's my question. <laughs> Not yet. All right, because listen. I mean, uh, you can get on it, I guess. No, because Camelot would probably be up for sale, and Disney may have a thing or two to say about that. <laughs> Excalibur? <laughs> Excalibur, <laughs> yes. Excalibur. Uh, might be for sale, and Disney's like, you want to live that Cinderella lifestyle? <laughs> Do it for real. Uh, you, know, and, you know, usually give these uh, give the Cinderella's castle away to like needy kids and stuff like yeah. that. Well, if you ever wanted to purchase it, we got it in Vegas. <laughs> um, or uh, Universal. Wait, yeah, Universal could do it. They buy Circus Circus. It goes. It's already basically <laughs> there. You make it a little darker, and it's scary it's enough it. as it is. I mean, <laughs> you just need to change the clown to Pennywise, and you're there. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, that. Uh, and uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's basically. I think it's a Universal property too. Buy up Mirage. Now it's the Forgetting Sarah Marshall Hotel. That's like a big IP, right? That's something you'd want to do. It's like a uh, what was the oh uh, going to going to Universal and seeing the Waterworld show. And yeah. I was just like, they spent a lot of money on this thing, and they're just trying to like half the kids here why, don't even know what. This why do we have is. a Waterworld experience? <laughs> it's a great show. It's very enjoyable. But why do we have this here? <laughs> like, also, uh, the wind looks a lot like Stark Towers. Mm-hmm. So you could just have buy that if you're Disney and make it like the Avengers Hotel. Or right I mean, like if we're talking street. about Universal, why don't they just buy Caesars and they can have like a hangover experience? Oh. Somebody gets to stay on the roof. By the way, we're just giving this out for free. We I really know. Like, stop. Like, they got to hit us up for these kind of ideas. You got to hire somebody for this. Fucking Universal is going to sound like a genius tomorrow when they get out. <laughs> it's the hangover they experience. release all these newses. By the way, the hangover experience where you spend the night on the roof of the hotel. It doesn't even cost them anything. <laughs> I would do it. The problem is I would do it. I would spend more than the average night for the room to do it. It's a, and it's a scavenger hunt. Like you wake up the next day and every time is different. So you could do it multiple it's the times. Only, only way you can smoke weed at MGM. <laughs> at Caesars. <laughs> so stay in the stay in the room on the roof. Yeah. Like, I'd like the hangover suite, please. Yeah. They take up to a mattress on the roof. <laughs> now, keep in mind, you're locked out here for three days. So be ready. All right. Cool. For. For an extra twenty thousand dollars, we can get the actual Doug to lay next to you in the bed. <laughs> it's a high roller discount or high yeah. roller up. Listen, there. he's out of work too. All right, he's got bills to pay. We got to do it. Poor Doug. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's about it. I, I you know, I, I'm just saying that it's not uh, out of the realm of possibilities that the that the Orioles could win a World Series, especially if there's a pandemic going on. And you here don't know. is the ultimate question. Yeah. Does Corey Baker fly to Baltimore? For a World Series game during a pandemic. Do they have fans? Let's say, forgetting that Pickles is open, so you could yeah, watch I mean, the World I could Series just go Pickles. To, yeah. But let's say they let or a Or get a Hilton balcony. Get a Hilton balcony. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that... If it starts looking like there might be a World Series... I might just rent a Hilton suite for one of the nights. Just to be like, fuck it. Well, like, let's do it. Just like put it on the... <laughs> Uh, do the free cancellation. I was going to say, game. I think they're doing free cancellation still. So it'd be like, yeah, let's just book it. We're going to put down the 1500 or whatever it'll mm. probably be. And then just cancel if it doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. But does Corey Baker fly back to Baltimore for an Orioles world series in a pandemic? Five hours on a plane. I think I would be. More <coughs> That's the guy behind you. <coughs> uh, I was, I was, uh, we were talking, I was talking to Rachel last night about like going home for Christmas or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I was just like, it's about that time, right? Well, I was saying, to, I was saying to her, I was like, what, how would you feel about driving? Cause we could just drive and, you know, like camp in the car and stuff like that. And yeah, then we man. don't have to deal with anybody and we can get home and we wouldn't have to like necessarily like quarantine or something like that because yep. we've been 
just our, to ourselves the whole time, the whole drive across the country. But that, you know, obvious, obviously adds a lot more time. To I was going to so. say, then your your week at home becomes a at, at least a, <laughs> a month trip. long. journey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, we took a week to come across. You could do it in four days if you just drove to your retired and stopped yeah, and camped. Just but, 10 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Pound it out. But then your first two days there are ruined because you're like. All right, I just like to sleep in a bed, please, somewhere. <laughs> All I want to do is uh, go to sleep forever. How about so. this? You could take Amtrak, private, uh, private little bunk, and not have uh, to go anywhere. Uh, listen, what am I, a Rockefeller? I don't got money for that sort of thing. <laughs> it's a service. What do I look like, Jeff Bezos over not here? Supposed to make money. I have too much hair to be Bezos. Nah. All right. <laughs> Speaking. Speaking of too much something to not be Bezos. Mm-hmm. Oh, the anthem.com. Cordo, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's the number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, you can find more of me. at What was like Corey Baker filmmaker? I, this is about the time of the show where I start slurring my words. Yep. Do you notice that? Yeah. The, the shots are really kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the it, un. Like the oppressive heat that's yes. going on in here. By the way, heat uh, wave in LA. Yeah. And we just had the heat or the AC off for an hour, not 50 minutes. So. Yeah, you guys are, at a certain point, you guys are going to have to get used to listening to the show with air conditioning. Cory Baker Filmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash Cory Baker Film, and at Legend CB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Roberto, take notes. Uh, look at my three TikToks and take notes on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm I'm uh, have the uh, apartment to myself a little bit more this week, so mm. I'm filming a lot of stuff this week. I have some some things in the 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 queue here, uh, and uh, looking to do something special on Thursday. So keep an eye out for uh, my stuff on Thursday. All right, and of course you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to uh, the blog and the news website. Or which actually I got to stop saying it because neither of those things actually exist anymore. Uh, you can find links to. Uh, uh, Rob, explain, Rob explains everything and the Everyman Movie Review both on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheeks. The only thing that's different. Uh, but you can find those links on robertandcheek.com as well as links to the books which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. And we are working on uh, planning out, uh, what do we call it? Dynamic? A dyna- dynamic uh, book reading? What, do mm-hmm. we, what is it? It's like a, a dynamic book on tape. Yeah, dynamic like a, book on tape. Audiobook. Yeah. Dynamic audiobook. Yeah. Uh, we had a patent that. D A B. Dynamic audiobook. A yeah. dab. A dab. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, and make sure you do check out the information for the campaign. That's Rob Cheek for Pres on all your social media and uh, Rob Cheek for President.com or Cheek for America.com. And uh, we got a big announcement coming up this Thursday as well. So make sure you check that out. Every man movie reviews twice a week, every Thursday and one day in between, even though I'm running for president. Somehow I have the time to get two reviews up a week. I don't yeah. know how I. Uh, uh, what's that, Corey? You're uh, going to put your first one up in a couple weeks this week? You're a modern cool. Marvel. That's it's cool. Uh, <laughs> By the way, it's sleep. Sleep's the answer. You just don't sleep. You just uh, stay up forever. I was up last night matching uh, sound effects to a flashing light. Thanks. <laughs> Whoever did that. Ugh. Anyway. Well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> we've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O.D. Anthem podcast, part of the O.D. Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. We're getting to the point where the sweat is dripping off the curls in the back of my hair. I felt one go down into the crack of my (laughs) ass just a minute ago. And I'm like, oh, it is hot. Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will Robinson. It starts now. Keep the Facebook up and let me know when.